Let me tell you about American financing. Um, Stu and I were just talking about what's happening uh, with the um, what's happening with the government and what's happening with the financial sector. And I am telling you, please, please, if you need a loan, you need to do it now. Uh, It's going to get harder for you to get a loan. American financing is working for you. They're not working for the bank. They want to put you in the best possible financial position for over the next 20 years. There's no pressure. There's never any upfront or hidden fees. It's uh, freedom on the other side of the phone call. So please, if you want to save money or if you need a loan, you want to consolidate, please get out of your high interest uh, credit cards. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. Okay, (laughs) we're going to... um, to show you how the world is changing in just a second stand by America and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I've said to you for a long time, there's going to come a point where you don't recognize your country. Um, I think we're all there. We don't recognize our country. Um, but I want to let you know you're not in the United States of America as ruled by the Constitution. Uh, that cute little phase is over. We are no longer living in a nation of laws. We're living in a nation of men. And we must peacefully and in large numbers begin to stand up. I'm going to show you the freight train that is coming for us um, throughout today's broadcast. We also hope to continue our conversation Uh, about Cuba that we started last night. Um, We're still trying to get the the congresswoman on today that was on last night, but there is hope there, and I think we need to focus on something very, very positive. Um, But we have a lot in front of us. Let's start with CRT and COVID and masking in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, I'm a man who cares passionately about the issues of the day. I aggressively seek the truth. And when somebody says to me, yeah, it's not possible to make a protein bar taste like a candy bar. I grab him by the collar and I drag him into my office and I show him my chalkboard, which has two words on it. Built bars. That's it. Then I give him a built bar. Let him try it for themselves. It usually clears up the confusion about the matter uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Built bars. In addition to be made with real chocolate, they're low in calorie, low carb, high protein, and high fiber. They have nine 
nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor you can get a mixed box and try two of each of the nine flavors i recommend you do that the first time you buy one um, they have a um, url that is built.com easy to remember built.com use the promo code beck 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order trust me this is the next closest thing to the fat pill if you're lo- you want to lose weight or you want to stay in shape you need protein a Built Bar is the best way to do it. It's a candy bar that's good for you. BuiltBar.com, promo code BEC15. Okay. Uh, I want to start with some of the things that are going on right now if this is believe it or not crt is critically important for our future but it is not the only thing and it is it is actually not the most important thing i will tell you about that coming up in just a second but it is something that we must stand up against. I want you to listen to this uh, this school board, this Loudoun County teacher. She she quits her job at a school board meeting. This is a teacher that actually cares about our children. Listen to what she said. But within the last year, I was told in one of my so-called equity trainings that white, Christian, able-bodied females currently have the power in our schools and that, quote, this has to change. Clearly, you've made your point. You no longer value me or many other teachers you've employed in this county. So since my contract outlines the power that you have over my employment in Loudoun County Public Schools, I thought it necessary to resign in front of you. School board, I quit. I quit your policies. I quit your trainings. And I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents, the children. I will find employment elsewhere. I encourage all parents and staff in this county to flood the private schools. Now, if you think that you live in an America that is ruled by a constitution, You would think that you would have some say at the local level or state level and the federal government would have very little to do with it. However, it seems as though it seems as though uh, when Jen Psaki was asked, what is the White House going to do if Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, revokes the the paychecks of school officials who require masks, the Biden administration, she said, will find a way to pay them instead. Now, I'm trying to work that out in my head. How is the federal government going to pay a local school teacher? How is the federal government going to issue those checks? Are we all working for the federal government now? How is that going to happen? There's something called the 10th Amendment and the 10th Amendment that all liberals discovered under Donald Trump. They all told us the 10th Amendment was racist. Then Donald Trump got in and they were like, wow, you know what? There's something to this 10th Amendment. The 10th Amendment says 
that all rights not mentioned. There are so many other rights that are guaranteed by God. We've only hit a few of them here, but all of them are reserved by the people and the state that the federal government can't touch. This would be one of them. The right to educate our own children. You cannot cross the streams. But they don't care anymore. If you think CRT is okay, let me tell you, we will not have freedom at the end of that road. And that road is closer to the end than you think we are. We're deep down that street, deep into the neighborhood. There's damage being done to our kids already. There's damage that has been done to our kids already. This is entirely new. This is part of the Great Reset. If you think that CRT is just about, you know, making sure that we all love each other, it's not. It's not. It's about dividing us into class. And why are we dividing people into class? We're dividing people into classes to make sure some people win and some people don't. But that's not enough. It's about the end of the free market. Oh, that's crazy. What are you even talking about? Well, Next hour, I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about, but let me give you a quick highlight. American Express, American Express. What does American Express do? It loans money to businesses, so businesses have revolving credit, so they can sell you stuff. And then they issue credit cards so you don't have to have the cash and you can buy it and pay it back in 30 days. And a lot of stores don't take American Express because American Express attaches a very high profit margin for them. So they take some of the store's profit for them higher than any other credit card company. Well, they just um, they've just done a training program now on the CRT tenants, including intersectionality. Um, they want everybody in. And I'm, I am. I let me I want to make sure I get the quote exactly, uh, exactly right now. Uh, you are to um, identify the privileges of, or, or advantages that you have. You're not supposed to speak over members of the black or African community. It's not about your intent. It's about the impact that you have on your colleagues. You are to you are to look uh, at yourself, your disability status, your age, your gender identity and your system. You are to map your body type, religion, disability status, age and sexual orientation. Then they brought in the great-grandson of the Nation of Islam founder to lecture on race in corporate America. And he lectured American Express about how they sit in their relationship to the history of racial capitalism. And they are complicit 
in racial capitalism. And they now have to be part of the redistributive and reparative work. So American Express has decided to put a billion dollar package together to restructure themselves to do just that. You're not going to have any capitalism left, gang. You're, this is the, the Biden administration right now is so far down the road of the Great Reset. That's what this entire um, uh, infrastructure package is all about. Why, when we were energy independent, why would we say, as Joe Biden did yesterday, OPEC, you got to open up. You got to you just got to start pumping more oil. Why are we asking OPEC to open up the oil? Well, because your energy costs, as I will show you next hour, have gone up over 40 percent in the last year. No inflation, 40 percent increase of energy costs. Hmm. Now, why would we be doing that? Because we're going to get rid of oil by 2030. That's their plan. That's their plan. I was talking to somebody about cars yesterday, about, about you know, real cars that, Ferraris, that have made an art, you know, Lamborghini. And we were talking about the Green New Deal, and this guy happens to know all of the people that are deep in the company of of these companies, uh, you know, on the board of directors, etc., they're not going to be making gasoline engines by 2030. By 2030, I said, R- really? I mean, isn't that kind of sad that these hand-built, beautiful engines that we've all grown up to love? The creme de la creme, he said, the only one I think that will be making an engine, he said, I don't know yet, is Bugatti. That will be it. Why? Why all of a sudden have all of these car companies decided 2030 is the shutoff time? Why? Because of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. I'm going to give you something that you must listen to because I want to switch to another way that this all the Great Reset is happening because of COVID. I'm not saying COVID is part of the Great Reset. I'm saying it is the emergency that has allowed it to happen. And they are coming and going to mask our kids again. They're going to force us into vaccinations, et cetera, et cetera. You must know where you stand on those things because it's coming. So I have two things I want to share with you. One, it's about a six minute video uh, that is a must listen to, must listen to from a doctor at a Mount Vernon uh, a school board meeting. He breaks it all down. I want you to listen to it. And then I have a doctor from Johns Hopkins who will talk to us about masks and those of us who have had COVID already. Do we have to have the vaccines? All coming up in the next few minutes. Stand by. Let me give you a commercial here for Relief Factor, our sponsor. The sun hasn't even fully risen through the east window. And you wake up to your alarm and you groan. A groan that is so routine these days. You don't even notice maybe that you do it anymore. 
Right now, they're waiting for you. The moment you open your eyes is your old buddy, Payne. If this is you, please, please just try Relief Factor. It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. And I'm telling you now, if it's not working for you in the first three weeks, stop taking it and don't order more. But 70% of the people do because it works. It's 1995 for the quick start trial. Please say goodbye to your old friend, Payne. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, I want you to listen to this. I'm not going to have time to play the whole thing, but I will post it um, uh, during the program today. Listen to this doctor at a school board meeting. Dr. Dan Stock, uh, 5777 West 700 North, McCordsville, Indiana. Um, to, to address your comment, gee, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful. And we're getting our sources of information from the Indiana State Board of Health and the CDC, who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. Um, I'm actually a functional family medicine physician. That means I am specially trained in immunology and inflammation regulation. And everything being recommended by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to all the rules of science. So things you should know about coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses, they are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. By the way, the literature that supports all of that is in a flash drive that we presented to you. It's been given to the secretary. As a matter of fact, it quotes at least three studies <laughs> sponsored by the NIH to that exact fact, even though the CDC and the NIH have chosen to, avoid, to ignore the very science that they paid to have done. Um, that is why you keep struggling with this, is because you cannot make these viruses go away. The natural history of all respiratory viruses is that they circulate all year long, waiting for the immune system to get sick through the winter or become deranged, as has happened recently with these vaccines, and then they cause symptomatic disease. Because they cannot be filtered out and they have animal reservoirs, and this is a very important point, no one can make this virus go away. The CDC has managed to convince everybody that we can handle this like we did smallpox, where we could make a virus go away. Smallpox had no animal reservoirs. The only thing it learned to infect was humans. That's why we were able to make that virus go away. That will not happen with this any more than it will with influenza, the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, adenoviral respiratory syndromes, or anything else that has animal reservoirs. So the reason you can't do this is because you're trying to do something which has already been tried and can't be done. Equally important is that vaccination changes none of this, especially with this vaccine. And I would hope this board would start asking itself before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus, where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual done the wrong way, which why cannot be done right for a respiratory virus, which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. 
And that is why you're seeing an outbreak right now. And in fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read the articles that are gonna come on the email and are on this flash drive and listen to the people in this audience here tonight who actually have recognized the advice they are getting from the CDC and the NIH is counterfactual. And that's why you're still fighting this with this vaccine that supposedly was gonna make all of this go away, but it suddenly managed to make an outbreak of COVID-19 develop in the middle of the summer when vitamin D levels are at their highest. By the way, the other thing that would be necessary, any vaccine restriction to be considered is if there were no other treatment available. And I can tell you, having treated over 15 COVID-19 patients, that between active loading with vitamin D, ivermectin, and zinc, that there is not a single person who has come anywhere near the hospital and we already have studies that show that if you achieve a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level greater than 55, your risk of COVID-19 death will drop down to through one quarter of the population average for the United States. And there are active treatment trials included on that flash drive that show the same is true. Okay, so if we you are. Going to I, I'm going to post this. You need to hear the whole thing. <clears throat> um, and. What he's saying is now starting to somewhat be echoed. You know, remember, this was to prevent, so it's not going to spread. Now they're saying the new story is, is that the vaccine will reduce symptoms. Well, that's not what you told us. Even a month ago, that's not what you told us. Now it's just to reduce symptoms. Okay, well, that's good, but that's not what you told us. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, huh? Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody ever said that being fiscally responsible is going to be easy, and, and it's not. It's not. It is hard. But you can improve your financial situation right now. Call American Financing. It's incredibly easy. Might be the best thing you do for yourself and your family. So whether you're looking to refinance your mortgage at a lower rate, get yourself on a better track towards eliminating debt with a consolidation loan, or just looking for a loan that will help you add equity to your home, American Financing is there to help you out. They're a family-owned business that has been helping people just like you over, the, over two decades, and they work for you and not the bank. So call them. Maybe you can save a hundred, maybe up to a thousand dollars every month. How would that impact your bottom line? 
American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Go there or call them right now. Don't forget to get your membership to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad that you're uh, with us today. Um, we have uh, Dr. Marty uh, McCary. Is that right? McCary. 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 Um, he's the author of The Price We Pay. Um, and he's a professor at Johns Hopkins, Hopkins School of Medicine. He has been on with us uh, before. I want to talk to him about... Um, vaccinations because he has just come out and he's one of the first guys or loudest guy that I have heard talk about people who have already had coronavirus. Uh, and that's me and my entire family. And I had a bad case of it and I'm not getting a vaccine because since when does the human body not protect people, you know, that have already had something, you have your own, uh, immune system to do that. Uh, I want to make it really clear. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He's not somebody who's against the vaccine. He just thinks that we should talk about some nuances here and some other things about the vaccine. Uh, the doctor is here with us now. Hello, doctor. How are you? Good to be with you, Glenn. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. So help me out on no one is talking about anybody who has already had uh, COVID. I already had it. I had a bad bout of it. Um, is my body doing what it always does when I get a virus? Yeah, it turns out God designed our bodies properly. And when the immune system kicks in, it works. It's effective. And I used to think that natural immunity was as good as vaccinated immunity. But new data is suggesting it's better. Now, I would never suggest anyone run out there and get the infection just to get natural immunity. Because if you're at risk, the, dealing with the infection can be a little scary. But for those who have it, let's recognize it. There's almost no discussion about it except for one sham misrepresented study that the CDC put out last Friday that um, tried to f support their argument. But, you know, what's happening is this sort of political entrenchment where it's, they take a position early that every American with two feet needs to get vaccinated. And they won't look at the data on natural immunity or other special situations. And it's like they've made up their mind before they see the data. You say that some 80 to 85 percent of American adults are immune to the virus. That's right. So 71, almost 72 percent now of adults have been vaccinated. And of the unvaccinated, the prevalence of natural immunity in that group is probably about half of them. So that puts us at around 85 to 87 percent of adults now have immunity. That's pretty good. Something we should feel good about right now. The, the virus is circulating really quickly now in its Delta contagious form among that remaining 10 to 15 percent of adults who have no immunity, no natural immunity and no vaccinated immunity. And for those people, I am worried about them. And this is the time to get vaccinated. So people who have not had it and people who have not had the vaccine. Right. And if you look at the, say, 600 Americans who died yesterday, 
they're all in that group. They are adults who have no natural immunity and no vaccinated immunity. Okay. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the, we're going back into mask mandates. Well, uh, well, wait, before I get to that, let me just ask you this. There are a lot of people, I think, that don't want the vaccine um, because of the way the government has presented this. They are so draconian that when somebody gets like this and starts to say, there's no discussion, you have to do it this way and we'll fire you if you don't do these things. You know, you're killing people if you don't do it. That pushes people off. If I weren't, um, if I didn't have natural immunity, I'm not sure I would get the vaccine just because of the way the government is so heavy handed on it. It makes me skeptical. Can you address yeah, that kind of feeling? Yeah, good point, Glenn. So the reason we're dealing with the death toll now of at least a couple hundred Americans dying every day. So, for example, in Texas, about 60 Texans are dying every day. And the reason we're dealing with this is because of those without natural immunity and no vaccinated immunity. It's in part from the sort of vaccine hesitancy in that group. And the biggest driver of vaccine hesitancy has been the United States federal government. It's the FDA not issuing a full approval because of their crazy bureaucracy, despite an impeccable safety profile, better than any other vaccine ever developed. And it's this ignoring of natural immunity. It's the lack of recognizing that the risk is not evenly distributed in the population. It's pretty much impossible for this virus to hurt a child who's extremely healthy. Um, now, they can get a common cold or something like that, and maybe they got to be careful around kids who are at risk and have pre-existing conditions. But when you act as if we're not going to stop until every newborn is vaccinated, w what we're missing out on is the fact that this data does not do not support the arguments and you lose credibility. You lose credibility when you push it the way they have been pushing it. The idea that um, we all have to have masks again, we all have to stay inside again. If this worked, why is California in so much trouble? And and do we have to max uh, mask our children? Yeah. So first on the on the issue, these issues of mandates, and they're very sensitive issues, right? Because we were told everything was going to be temporary last year, and then you know here we are a year and a half later. Um, and by the way, these people pushing uh, vaccine requirements that don't count natural immunity are talking about the insanity of immunizing those already immune. That's exactly what's happening. And all these people pushing vaccine mandates for children guarantee you none of those people have ever immunized their children for flu, even though the flu shot has been around for kids for decades. Guarantee you. This is becoming a highly stigmatized virus with its own unique set of, you know, fears. And I'm also concerned about coronavirus, but in the group where, where it hurts people, adults yeah. with pre-existing conditions, the masks probably do reduce transmission a little bit, even in kids. Cloth masks are the least effective. But here's the problem with saying every child in America has to wear a mask. It ignores that some parts of the country, a lot of it actually has have very low levels of the infection right now. And we've assumed there's no harm 
to the masks. That's not true. I don't think the right argument medically is masks don't work. I think the honest argument is there's zero evidence to show they do. And I, and I do mean zero. We've spent more money as an NIH on the Wuhan Virology Institute than we have studying masks in children. And so we don't have data. Let's assume they reduce risk a little bit. That's extrapolating from adult data. That's what I believe. But we've been acting as if there's no harm. And the reality is some kids do well with masks, but other kids struggle severely, severely. Tell me about the Delta variant. Um, what, 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 how bad is it? And, uh, and are we headed for more variants that are worse than this? I don't think so. If you look at this website that we use to track variants in the scientific community, which is nextstrain.org, you can actually go there if somebody's interested in this kind of wonky stuff and geek out a little bit with us on it. Stu's already Next there. Strain. <laughs> so um, nextstrain.org tracks the variants. By the way, there's been 19 major variants so far, and each variant has about 10 to 12 um, to, to about 120 sub-variants. So we've got almost 2,000 variants to date of COVID. None of them, none of these 2,000 variants have evaded the life-protecting effect of human immunity of any kind, vaccinated or natural. So the idea that somehow right around the corner, as Dr. Fauci suggested recently, we're going to get the variant from hell that's going to wipe us all out and reset the board Statistically, it doesn't, the, the past does not support that. It, the variants can be more contagious, and that's where we got blindsided this summer. We always knew the remaining 10 to 20% of non-immune adults in America were eventually going to get the virus. We thought it was going to be seasonal over the next couple flu seasons, but Delta accelerated that, and they got hit quickly. Now, Delta is going to be mostly behind us in a few weeks. If you look at the the state that got hit hardest with Delta first, Missouri, they're showing numbers this morning that suggest they've peaked. And I think we're going to see this peak quickly because of the experience of the Netherlands and the UK and even India. By the way, India did not get over their hump because they immunized everybody. They got over it because of natural immunity, which had mm. a heavy death toll. Yeah, but it does show they're, they're beyond it. Um, can you talk to me about, I've heard talk, I haven't heard talk from anybody that I, I would lay money down on the table about what they're saying is a leaky vaccine. Uh, if you're talking about breakthrough infections from a bad batch of vaccines, if that's what you're referring to, look, the cold chain is hard, you know, it's not perfect. And so when you in the supply chain, have a box of vaccine that may be sitting out a little longer than it should. There are these rare um, thoughts where there are these bad batches, and maybe that's where the people are getting into okay. trouble. Okay, so the, the idea that this vaccine is letting some things leak through and that makes it worse. Yeah, oh, is, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think so. I think there's thoughts that it, it promotes resistance and worse strains. That's really from the bacteria model where we get superbugs. And I really don't think it applies that much to, to, to the vaccines for viruses. Um, last question on the, the vaccine. The, the, uh, I have a natural immunity. How long does that last? When should I get vaccinated? When should I get vaccinated? Or am I just good? 
You know, we're 16 months into watching coronavirus in people who recovered. And for those 16 months, it appears to be solid. So we've got that much data so far. Now, if we extrapolate from the other coronaviruses that we call the hot ones, the ones that cause serious illness, SARS and MERS, that immunity appears to be solid at 17 years and going Holy strong. cow. <laughs> so I think it's lifelong. And, you know, they rounded up, I don't know if people know this, they rounded up the survivors of the 1918 Spanish flu about 15 years ago, and they tested them and they still had activated immune cells, B cells and T cells, nine decades later. Holy so I think your immunity is lifelong. That's, that's hopeful. Uh, one other question for you, doctor. So both Glenn and I had COVID. Glenn had a really aggressive case and was wiped out for a couple of weeks, right? Oh, yeah, it, it took rough. me eight weeks to get really get fully back. Yeah, and longer term, yeah, long term yeah. symptoms. I had an asymptomatic case, didn't even know I had it other than a test because I was around someone else who had it with symptoms. Uh, is there a difference between our immunity in those situations? Am I better than he is? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yes. In, in your professions, I can't say you're better, Glenn, but in terms of immunity. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you're talking to a Hall of Fame recipient and some crumb bum that just I've been dragging along. Well, it may be true. It may be true. I just I don't have enough data points. But um, in terms of immunity, you are better, Glenn, because the degree of immune protection is proportional to how severe your illness was. Mm. So the one group who has natural immunity where I say, you know, I'd get at least one dose of the vaccine are those who had an asymptomatic uh, COVID infection. Okay. Doctor, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you are taking such a hit for this. Uh, and people are taking the things that you say out of context and making you sound like an anti-vaxxer and you clearly are not anti-vaccine. And uh, I just appreciate your willingness to stand up um, against the, the, the mobs on all sides. Thank you. Well, thanks for saying that. Appreciate it. Good to be with you. guys. Yeah, good to be with you. The name of his book is The Price We Pay. Um, and you can find it. His name is uh, Marty McCary, Dr. McCary. He's a professor at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Sponsor this half hour uh, is all about another virus, the virus of CRT and teaching our kids things mm. that are not true, not true at all. Uh, woke now is the uh, the coin of the realm and your kids and grandkids are being exposed to it. You need something to plant this stuff deep inside of them and an easy way to learn the things that uh, that none of us really learn. Why the free market is so important. Accurate history of the United States. Why limited government works to keep people free. Those things can be found in a series of books called the Tuttle Twins books. Everything that you need your kids and your grandkids to learn are in those books and they have them for all different ages. I want you to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You'll get 35% off your order right now. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. They'll even throw in all of their activity books for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 35% off today. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
This is the Glenn Beck program. It is, uh, it's remarkable to me. You know, we played a doctor um, from Indiana. He was speaking to school board and he was not talking about how the vaccine is, you know, bad or anything else. He's saying what the, the things that you're trying to impose in the schools and on the community and on the children, there's no science behind it it doesn't work there's 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 nothing here that's showing that these things are changing anything now he'll come off as an anti-vaxxer the doctor we just had on from johns hopkins he he doesn't come off as an anti-vaxxer they're trying to make him one because he's not towing the line with fauci but if people if he were in the fauci position more people would take the vaccines because what he's saying makes sense. What Washington is telling us doesn't make sense. And that makes people skeptical and push away. And then what does Washington do? Instead of saying, okay, wait, let me re-explain it. Let me, let me rephrase it or let me find somebody else that can approach this so you understand. Instead, they say, you have to do it or you're going to get fired. This is the Glenn Beck Program.